Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined by Dr. Storsbach. And on today's awesome podcast, we are going to take you further on this journey of helping empower you or everyone with headaches and migraines uh, so that you can break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. That's the mission we're on. Today's podcast, uh, we are going to talk about ringing in the ears and how common this is with headaches and migraines and uh, what we can do to treat it. And this is another area that's sort of overlooked as far as a neck issue. It's not really thought of as a neck issue in, um, in, the, in the current state of healthcare. And so this can be something that's very frustrating for people and difficult to diagnose properly and treat. So the official term for this is tinnitus. And we were going back and forth on whether it's tinnitus or tinnitus but we believe it is tinnitus. It is. I lost. Uh, <clears throat> if you say it differently and you have a strong argument, uh, then please reach out to us. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, we will change how we say it. But for uh, this podcast, we'll say tinnitus, and that means ringing in the ears. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to break down um, the connection between tinnitus and migraines, uh, potential causes, and then what you can do about it. So... Again, some very practical action items. And then if you don't have tinnitus, it's something, so if you experience headaches or migraines, it's something that may pop up. So even listening to this podcast and understanding like, okay, this is a commonly associated symptom is good information to have because if it does pop up, you're not necessarily uh, worried or thinking that something uh, in addition to your migraines is happening or you're not, maybe you, you know what direction to take. Uh, and then if you have ringing in your ears, then this is going to be a very helpful podcast for you because sometimes that can be sort of a mystery and uh, it's not as intuitive to think this is a neck issue, but we're going to kind of break that down. Mm-hmm. So let's start with uh, migraines, the connection to tinnitus, and we've got a few studies that we're going to look at. Yeah, there's definitely a huge overlap and we see this with our patients here. Um, there was a study of French students, about over 1,600 French students that had uh, migraines, and most of them were more likely to have tinnitus than those without a history of headaches. And they definitely noticed a stronger link to those who suffered specifically with migraine with aura than without aura um, having this tinnitus issue. And there was also another 2018 study um, that found having migraines uh, was definitely associated and actually more than three times higher uh, risk associated with developing tinnitus. Um, and so there's definitely a huge overlap here, and we def- we see this in the clinic all the time. Yeah, in that specific study, they were theorizing that um, it's it's not necessarily like something that's wrong with the cochlea, that's the part of the ear that um, uh, is where we sort of take these sound waves and then transfer them into something our brain can interpret. Um, It it wasn't necessarily interpreted, or they weren't taking that information as like, okay, there's something wrong with the cochlea, but more so that uh, how the brain was interpreting it um, was where the issue was lying. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but we have another study, uh, what, what, let's see, is this the 193 patients? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Let's go through that. So 44% of them suffered from migraine, 13% tension type headache, and then 5% from both. 
Um, yeah, and again, the conclusion was there's a significant relationship between uh, tinnitus and headache laterality. So here we're seeing that they're finding not only is there a relationship between the ear ringing and migraines, headaches, but uh, they're seeing that it's it's coinciding with the side. So migraines are typically one-sided, that throbbing sensation, pulsating. And uh, so it's seen that that ring in the ear is matching up with that same side that you'll experience those symptoms. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and then what else did we find? Um, there's another study um, called Association Between Headaches and Tinnitus in Young Adults. It was a cross-sectional study. This was fairly large, over 5,700 participants. Um, Again, a little bit younger adults, so like average age around 20. Um, And there was an association found between the student's headaches, status, and tinnitus after adjustment for confounding variables. Those are really silly. Uh, I'll keep going. Basically, tinnitus was reported by 8.9% of the participants with migraine, 7.3% with migraine without aura, and the 10.8% of migraine with aura. So just the same, similar as the study before, is the migraine with aura had the highest incidence for tinnitus. Um, And the main conclusion, yeah, was just that the strongest subgroup was that migraine with aura, definitely a high correlation with tinnitus. Yeah, and and the interesting thing here is so... A lot of times tinnitus will be a an issue that arises in more of an elderly population. And so it is significant here that we're looking at an average, like a mean age of 20.8 years. So mm-hmm. these are young people. It's not like they've had a, a lifetime of like, you know, working with explosives or in the military or like with a, like loud machinery or anything like that. These are people that... Um, don't necessarily have that history to explain a ringing in the ears. Mm-hmm. They don't have uh, damage um, to the the ears themselves mm-hmm. with uh, with loud noises that can uh, damage these hair-like structures that then can lead to tinnitus or the ringing in the ears. So that's that's sort of a and we'll go through potential causes of ringing in the ears, but that's that's a separate category where that we typically see in our our more elderly population, especially if they have a history like veterans um, or people that have had vocations that uh, cater to like ear damage, hearing damage. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a little bit different than the direction we're going to take today. But in these studies, the reason we like them is because it's, it's a younger population. um, So we, we rule those other things out and they're connecting them to headaches and migraines and uh, correlating the two. And so there is a a significant relationship. And then we also see that there's a relationship that coincides with the same side. So there's something happening here that's connecting, bringing the ears to headaches and migraines. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, and then the, the last thing, the last study that we looked at was actually connecting tinnitus to muscle tenderness. Um, and so, so what are some of the highlights here? Well, this was cool cause it was specific to cervical muscle ten- tenderness, meaning the neck, which is what we work on. Um, and they, they looked at, uh, muscle 
tenderness scores all over the body, but only the cervical muscle tenderness um, and even the pericranial, meaning around the head muscles, um, those tenderness scores were found to be significantly associated with tinnitus. Um, And so I just think that's super interesting because we're all about treating the neck, treating the muscles, treating the joints. And I have definitely seen with my patients that come in, uh, with headaches and migraines, sometimes I have to ask them if they have ear ringing because people do not associate the two. And they'll be, most of them will be like, oh, yeah, I do. But I never thought to mention it because, you know, maybe it's not bad enough now or whatever. And uh, we'll go through treatment and their earring ringing also gets better. So, you know, we're definitely only treating the neck there and there's a change happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, again, we, so Dr. Storzbach and I, before this podcast, we, we were talking about how it's just it's interesting. All these sort of, uh, I guess, side effects or symptoms associated with headaches and migraines, we'll research them and we'll look into them because uh, clinically we see that we can help this type of patient. And when it, when we get to these journal articles and the studies that have been done, they find the same connection that we're finding, but they're looking at it through a different lens. So they're looking at it through the lens of assuming uh, that let's say migraines are a chemical, the source of pain or the source of those symptoms is sort of a chemical imbalance within the brain itself. And with that lens, then they're saying, well, well, migraines and that chemical process that's happening is likely impacting the, the ear. The same thing happens with, um, with neck pain. So I had a patient this past week where he's always thought that his neck was a contributor, if not causing his migraines, but going from specialist to specialist, none of those specialists told him that the neck could be causing his migraines. They all said that the migraine is causing his neck tension. And so, yeah, that it's sort of like flipped around Mm -hmm. and in large part, it's because the, those providers are not trained to look at the neck or treat the neck. They haven't experienced that. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I think that we have that's critical in to helping people in this area is understanding just the impact that treating the neck can have. And uh, before I go too much on a tangent, let's talk about uh, potential causes uh, of tinnitus. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, obviously exposure to loud noises and like dying off of some of those hair follicles in your, in your ear is kind of the most commonly known, probably most primary care doctors would say, oh, it's just that and kind of move on. And that is, that is a possibility that that's what is causing it. Um, you know, middle ear infections can cause this. What's interesting is even emotional distress can cause this. And I did read a couple articles about how, um, even like cognitive behavioral therapy, just, uh, you know, with working with a counselor and a psychologist actually can also decrease uh, tinnitus, which I thought that was very interesting. Uh, Diabetes can have an effect on the ear ringing. Um, And then things like Meniere's disease. Um, But what I also thought was so interesting, and thank goodness this is listed, it specifically says neck or head injuries. And um, absolutely, that's, I do think that is a huge cause, especially for people with headaches and migraines. And like you said, for that younger population, there's really no reason for those ear follicles to be dying off in an early age. Doesn't make much sense. Right, right. Yeah, head or neck injuries. So again, it's sort of like they just, they hit on a portion of, like it'll, they'll mention it. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I, when I say they, I mean like the people that are researching this the, and even the medical doctors that are trying to pursue treatment approaches. Um, 
and so what we're going what we're going to highlight, especially in this podcast, you know, we talk about the neck a lot. Um, it's because we think the neck is is crucial and important. If you're just tuning in and you feel like we talk about uh, the neck a lot, then go back and listen to the podcast where I say why why we'll never stop talking about the neck because <laughs> um, we're trying to flip the way we think about this on its head. And so this is true for uh, tinnitus as well. Um, so neck or head injuries. And then outside of that, like we're not necessarily, uh, so a Meniere's disease, like sometimes that can be, I guess, misdiagnosed and, uh, in ringing or dizziness that comes from Meniere's disease could actually be a neck problem and could classify a cervicogenic dizziness, which just means dizziness from the neck. Um, but as far as like exposure to loud noise, natural aging process, middle ear infections, like those are, those are definitely things that, um, we are not going to be able to help with. Right. And, uh, we should find that out pretty quick. If, if, uh, someone comes to see us, we should be able to, uh, discern if they're a proper fit or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the rest of you, what we're, what we're talking about is the person, and we see this a lot. They have ringing in their ears. Maybe they have headaches or migraines associated with that. Or maybe you just have ringing in your ears. You'll go to your primary care. You'll go, you'll go to an ENT, uh, maybe an audiologist, and they'll do testing, but they can't really give you an answer for where this is coming from. And then ultimately you kind of hit a dead end. But what, what we want to tell you is likely there's a neck issue that needs to be addressed, similar to the patient that just has headaches or migraines. And especially if you have both of these, then this one treatment approach could solve both problems. Um, and so in addition to those things we just listed, um, the question is, well, how does the neck or maybe what are some, what are some theories around, uh, this connection, uh, to the neck or maybe just other theories, uh, as to why we get ringing? Yeah. I mean, I think there's like three, three ways to look at this. Um, the first one I want to talk about is the neuroanatomy, which we always go back to, but just proximity of structures does matter how things are interpreted and perceived in the body. And as we know for how we treat headaches with the neck, the neck has nerves that exit and then come up into the brainstem. So into the brain and right into this nucleus where there are all of our other cranial nerves, specifically the vestibular cochlear nerve runs right next to all of the the trigeminal nerve that feeds the pain into our head and face. And so if you just look at the proximity, if there is anything, you know, going, um, I guess I could, wouldn't say an issue with the nerve, but then the brain is perceiving the signal incorrectly. Right. It could definitely be putting other nerves on hypervigilance and kind of causing other things to happen. So, I mean, that's the same thing we talk about with the dizziness and, um, you know, eye visual disturbances, all of that to me is all correlated up into that brainstem area. Yeah. And actually this is something that, um, these journals are using, that's their rationale as well. We talked about that early on, but the, the central sensitization. So what that means is, so let's say, for example, you have a, a migraine, there's a, there's a strong, a very strong pain signal that's sent through the nerve and then we actually realize what's happening as it hits the brain. So, but as that pain signal is sent, um, the brain's going to interpret something, and it doesn't always interpret the correct uh, location and the correct sensation. 
um, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. it, it rhymed location yeah, and sensation. Yeah, yeah, we should make a song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, so what's happening there is the brain is confusing, and this is what these uh, articles, these researchers were saying as well. The brain is confusing a signal like pain for uh, ringing, and so they're especially the more intense the signal gets, the more likely it is to pull another sensation. So there's there's that as an explanation. Um, and that's kind of what we've used on, to, like you said, to explain other symptoms like the mm-hmm. nausea, dizziness, mm-hmm. um, sensitivities, the lights and sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's right there. I mean, you just send like some terribly aggravating signal to the brain and the brain's just like, ah, I'm on high alert with everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that... That's a very reasonable explanation that uh, we don't have to sort of like come up with on our on our own. That's what they said as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then what else? Well, there's also a great study um, showing that the cerebral blood flow can change in certain um, regions of the brain that are responsible for hearing. So um, they did a study that showed chronic tinnitus patients exhibited reduced cerebral blood flow in the auditory and prefrontal cortex of the brain. Um, and so that might actually underlie like a neuropathological mechanism, why chronic tinnitus is very comorbid and related to migraines. Yeah. Yeah. And we had our episode on POTS where we talked about the connection between neck tension and cerebral blood flow. And, uh, again, if these, so if these muscles are, if there's tension and tone and trigger points, um, when the muscle contracts, it occupies more space and that there's other, uh, tissues and, and, um, like blood vessels that occupy those spaces. And so potentially there's just uh, reduction in blood flow that could, that could explain, or at least contribute to this process. Um, so that's another theory out there. Um, any, anything else to say as far as what's no. causing? No, I really think the central sensitization explains a ton. And I just think, yeah, on a functional MRI, the fact that they can show decreased blood flow to certain auditory regions with tinnitus and migraine. I mean, super, super interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so kind of a transition into what we can do and I'll talk through a few, um, experiences I've had treating tinnitus. There've been times where patients come in and they have ringing and so before I work on them, they have ringing after I work on them, it's gone. Okay. So that's, that's pretty hard evidence to say like, okay, there's something in the neck that we just changed or adjusted that now is allowing your ear to, to not ring. Um, and so clinically, uh, that's, that's exciting, but also, especially when patients come with headaches, migraines and ear ringing, um, and knowing that you can knock out all of these symptoms, which is one treatment. Um, and we do see that frequently. I mean, ear ringing is not something that people necessarily tell us, um, but during their evaluation process, if we ask them, oftentimes they'll say like they have ear fullness or ear ringing or pain in their ear, something like that. Um, and so the other thing too is with um, working on the neck in real time, I've had patients that have ringing and it'll like change the tone or it'll like fade in and out. Um, so if you get really creative with your techniques, you can kind of put a beat to it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, and I, I mean, I've even just had people where I'll say like, let's do a deep chin tuck and just that movement of the neck without even me touching them, it t- changes the tone of their ringing. 
that's a good sign that it's coming from the neck. And so there's something we can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and most of these patients, these are things that, so like other things that we've talked about, um, the, the medical profession is going to be good at diagnosing the other things outside of the neck. And so if you have ear ringing and no one's been able to tell you why, just by default, there's a good chance that your neck is actually the problem. Uh, and the more I do this, the more I realize like a lot of people have neck issues and they don't all present with headaches and migraines. So, um, if you know someone that has ear ringing that doesn't necessarily have headaches or migraines, I would encourage them to listen to this podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then in addition to treating the neck, going through our process, restoring, uh, which just to remind you, we focus on restoring mobility, joint mobility, uh, specifically in the upper part of the neck, but we're working on shoulders, upper back, uh, jaw, and we're trying to relieve tension, reduce tension through this system. Uh, your head weighs about 10 to 12 pounds and your neck is very mobile. There's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot of nuanced movements and we want to make sure that as your neck moves, it's not compensating because those compensa compensations over time lead to tension. And that's in a nutshell, what we're trying to reverse. Uh, outside of that, what are some things that people can, can go to? Uh, well, it's called sound therapy, and this really is not truly treating the underlying cause, but just kind of helping you manage it. Um, one thing is just called tinnitus masking sound generators. I mean, honestly, like white noise at night, if you, if you lay down at night and it's really quiet and you can really hear the ringing, then just putting on some white noise can be helpful. Um, hearing aids can actually be helpful. Um, earwax removal can sometimes help, um, changing your medication. There are some medications that have this side effect. So maybe actually look at the side effects there and talk to your doctor about that. Uh, limiting alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine, um, are also things that are recommended. So those are all, you know, other things people can try. Yeah. And those are, yeah, those are things, most of them that you can, you can try, um, like under your own direction. Uh, and if they, if they help, it doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't the neck causing it. It's just uh, there There are usually layers to symptoms. Um, just like with headaches and migraines, there are things that will um, interact, like in this situation with your ear, that uh, make you more likely to have ear ringing. And so if you remove those things, you're less likely to have it, but there could still be an underlying neck issue that needs to be dealt with. Um, yeah, so there we go. There's, a, there's tinnitus. And so ear ringing, how that relates to headaches and migraines, potential causes of it, and what you can do. And uh, may sound like all roads point to getting treatment with us. And uh, yeah, you may be right. We love what we do and we're, we're confident in it. So we'd love for you to reach out if you feel like uh, you are in need of our services or if you just want to get some more information. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We are here in Colorado Springs. So if you're listening to this and you're in Colorado Springs, um, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Um, and then if you're not from Colorado Springs, uh, we do virtual visits and, uh, we'd love, we would love to help you out as well. And then we have a few people each month that, uh, fly in from out of state, which is kind of fun. And we feel honored, uh, every time that happens. Um, but yeah, this, this podcast, we hope to keep providing you guys with valuable information. So let us know if you have any feedback, please leave a review. If you, uh, have enjoyed this podcast and want us to keep, um, if you want to help us spread the word, 
and uh, helping people with headaches and migraines. Because as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.